everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Par 71 with Matt Lasser. I am obviously your host, Matt Lasser. It is in the name of the podcast. Um, we don't have much today. We had one PGA Tour event uh, this past week. We had the Sanderson Farms Championship. Oh, and then this week we have the Shriers Hospital for Children Open at TPC Summerlin, which is in Las Vegas. A fun one going out to Sin City this week, PGA Tour. But before we get there, let's talk about the Sanderson Farms Championship. Also, Live Golf, I believe, is in Bangkok this week. going to be kind of hard to watch that one. I don't think it's on Fox just yet. It's going to be on FS1, but I don't think it will be yet this week. I think it'll stay on YouTube for this week. But anyway, to the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson, Mississippi. This is something I thought of when seeing in Jackson, Mississippi, is that between Live and PGA Tour, the differences and what everyone, the whole big debate that's been going on the past few months, obviously. You don't see Live going to small markets like this. Like, Live is not going to Mississippi ever. They're going to the big cities for the flashiness and all that kind of stuff. They're not going to Jackson, Mississippi. They're probably not going to Alabama. They're probably not going to Louisiana unless it's New Orleans, right? Like, they're not going to go to these small markets, which is kind of the great part about the PGA Tour is that you get to go to these small communities and bring a lot of money for charity and stuff like that. Because if you didn't know, the PGA Tour is technically a non-profit, so all of their revenue and stuff other than the employees go to charities for the local area. Live just, they do do charity for the local area, but they just do it in these big cities, or at least right now, they haven't gone to anywhere like these smaller markets. Like, you won't see anyone going, again, to Jackson, Mississippi. It's probably the smallest city I've seen the PGA Tour go to. Or like Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is a big tourist name, but it's not a huge city. They just don't do that. Right? They go to the flash season, they're going to Chicago, they're going to Boston, they're going to New York, they're going to London, Bangkok, they're going to these big internationally known cities. I guarantee you nobody in England knows what Jackson, Mississippi is and probably thinks it's the name of a person. So, again, that's just one comparison that I thought of between the two that Liv cannot do. And also, they don't have as many events to go to these small markets. They have to keep it bigger ones because they have not as many events in general. So yeah, now to the event itself, we're on data golf to see what happened. Now, Mackenzie Hughes got his second ever PGA Tour victory. This is the first one he's gotten since the 2016-2017 season. And this leaderboard ended up not being a really bad leaderboard, at least for the top 10. Emiliano Grillo at tied fifth. That's a name we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Keegan Bradley, again, he had a pretty good season last season did fairly well in the u.s open i want to say which was in his hometown boston area and then set straka finished second in a playoff him and mackenzie hughes both finished at 17 under and went into a playoff and he was competing also for a second pga tour win he got his first last season if you guys remember i think it was maybe right before we started this podcast or maybe right after i can't really remember again a name another young guy who is coming up the ranks of the pga tour still scott stalling still on a tear picking up where he left off finishing tied 13th and Joel Dahman as well at tied 13th at 11 under. So yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll do what we normally do. Stats-wise, the big thing for the guys up top of the leaderboard was either approach shot or tee to green in general. Like Mackenzie Hughes had plus 2.05 strokes gained tee to green. The one I'm seeing higher than that, closer to the top of the leaderboard, is from Joel Dahman down at tied 13th at plus 2.24. Other than that, there's not a lot of strokes lost here on this. It looked like the course played pretty easy for him this week. Uh, like, uh, Mackenzie Hughes' stroke gain approach was plus 1.34, and the highest after that is Mark Hubbard at tied fifth at plus 1.81, and then you have plus 1.84 from Nick Hardy also at tied fifth for strokes gained approach. Let's see what Mackenzie Hughes did differently this week that from normal weeks. The difference in this game, and just right off the bat, 
It's the stroke scan approach. Like the stroke scan approach at the Fort Ine, Fort Fort Inet. I don't know what to say, how to say it, but his stroke scan approach at that event was plus 0.25, and then it went up to plus 0.1.36 this week. His OTT, he lost uh, 0.57 stroke for, and this week only lost 0.08. And then if you just look down at his distance stats, comparing the last few seasons or last few majors to these past few weeks, like his in the Open, in the British Open this past year, his distance was only plus 2.8, and the last two tournaments went to plus 9.9 and plus 9.7. And his accuracy from the British Open was at negative 10%, and the last two weeks it's both been at negative 4%. So it has clearly been an improvement, tee to green approach, and then obviously off the tee. He's been able to hit a lot farther off the tee. I'm just looking at like the 2022 US Open, he lost strokes. He actually lost two and a half strokes on distance at the US Open this past year, and hasn't really seen anything as high as he's gotten the past two weeks since the 2022 PGA Championship, where he was at plus 8.6. And again, his accuracy has been all over the place. Not a lot of gains. It's been a lot of losses of like 10, 12%. The lowest I see is one, one week. In the 2021 PGA Championship, he gained 6% off of accuracy. But other than that, this has been one of his lower weeks driving accuracy-wise. Uh, something clearly he hasn't done for the most part, just looking at the stats. I mean, at the, at the BMW, at plus one accuracy. But again, it's nothing. It looks like the closest he got... There was nothing closer to than what he had to his accuracy and driving this week, except for uh, it looks like the 2022 Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He had plus 8.6 distance and plus 10% accuracy. It was probably his best week off the tee. And then putting that week, he tied for 16th that week last season and had plus 0.19 strokes gained putting. Uh, or sorry, 3.19 strokes gained putting. Uh, nothing really compares to that week, it looks like. And he didn't even win that week. It just, yeah, the main improvement is, like we said, approach. Even just looking at his approach from the last few tournaments, BMW, he actually lost strokes, lost 1.35, barely gained any at the FedEx St. Jude, lost a little at the Open, lost a little at the Scottish Open. It looked like the main improvement was approach and accuracy uh, from the past few weeks. But again, just looking at stats, he's definitely not the most accurate of drivers. Uh, let's look at this one. The 2020 Safeway Open, so back two years ago now, because the Safeway Open used to be the Fort Itnit Championship, was a minus 21% accuracy. So just that improvement within two years to get from minus 21 to minus 4% is a lot. Uh, and that's huge. Obviously, it led him to win a tournament, and then get a top 25 finish the week before. It's definitely looking a lot better for Mackenzie Hughes. Hopefully, he can keep it going. And literally, Sepsaka in a playoff. Mackenzie Hughes had to birdie the last playoff hole to win. I mean, let's see what Sepsaka did differently. He was tearing on all cylinders. Wow. Like his distance, he didn't gain anything, plus 0.0. But accuracy, plus 16%. That's a huge, huge uh, improvement. And then it looks like he's just been tearing it up accuracy-wise. Like the BMW Championship, plus 14%. At the US Open, plus 11%. So it's been something that he's been good with recently. But the OTT has definitely improved a little bit. And then let's look at approach. Approach was definitely the biggest improvement for Sep Saka this week. If you look at this BMW Championship, which looks like was the last part we played in before this week, plus 0.49 to this week plus 1.12. Uh, we forgot plus 1.25. But other than that, he was on a streak of losing strokes off the approach shots. The highest it looks like he's had from what I've seen recently was the 2021 Houston Open at plus 1.82 and hasn't really touched that or gotten close to that much until these past few weeks or his past few tournaments. So a lot of improvement there, and that was definitely the deciding factor at the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson, Mississippi at the Country Club of Jackson. 
which again the live tour will probably never go to because it's a small market they just don't do that they're too big and flashy so yeah now on to the next thing um what we always do let's get ready for tpc summerlin in vegas let's go look at our power rankings from the PGA Tour. So starting from 15 going down, as always, we got Dean Burmester, Harry Hall, Matthew Neesmith, Taylor Pendrith, Brian Harmon, Tom Hoagie, Nick Hardy, Thomas Dentry, Taylor Montgomery, Emiliano Grillo, Aaron Wise, Max Homa, Tom Kim, Patrick Cantlay, and Sunjay M. My top picks are this week are Sunjay M and Max Homa. Max Homa came off a great, great President's Cup. Didn't lose. He went 4-0-0. Let me read the description PJ Tour gives us here. Something will give. It likely will be an awful course record at TPC Summerlin, 1-5. for five. He's soaring after a successful defending the Fortnite title and going 4-0-0 in a route to a President's victory. Let's see if he can go 2-for-2 two two in his last two tournaments. I think he can, but he does seem like the person who would tear it up in Vegas and go too hard. Patrick Cantlay, actually, I didn't. I also forgot the city, broke through here five years ago and went second after co and finished second after co leading at 54 holes in 2020 and then finishing tied for eighth. His overall scoring average is a 66.63. So actually add him to my top picks. He plays well at TPC Summerlin in Vegas. It's going to be an interesting, interesting week. Again, it's hard to predict these tournaments because you never know when a young guy is going to come on the scene and just pair it up out of nowhere and win one of these tournaments. This is where you see a lot of first ever PGA Tour victories are in these first few weeks of the season. Guys who you don't normally see win a whole lot. That will come in these few weeks. And it's just the way it is. And we've got the Zozo Championship the week after that in Japan. Going all the way out to Asia. So, this will get interesting the next few weeks. Um, how to be able to actually watch PGA Tour and actually get sleep as well, including Live this week. Let's go look at the Live Bangkok field this week and what's the course it is at. Stonehill Tamron Chiang Rank Noi. This course actually looks very nice uh, just from looking at the pictures. Uh, the normal field, obviously, there's only 54 players, so they can't really change a whole lot. It'll be interesting. I mean, they're already having a trouble with viewership on YouTube. I think putting it in Bangkok, at least for U.S. viewers, does not help, right? Because now we actually have to stay up late or stay up early or wake up, whichever you want to call it, stay up late or wake up early to actually watch live. I don't know if this will, what will this do for international views. That'll be very interesting to see, and if I can find those after the fact to go next week, I will. But again, I mean, this is what live wants to do. Live wants to expanded around the world. The only problem is, like I said before, they don't help any small markets like the PJ Tour does at Jackson. Again, they will probably never ever go to Jackson, Mississippi. I bet you the Saudi Arabians who fund it don't even know where Jackson, Mississippi is. That's the one thing with Live Golf. I kind of realize I don't really like Again, they still do stuff for charity, but they just don't do it for these small markets. But yeah, uh, that's all we got this week. Uh, if I want to give a lift pick, I'll go with Dustin Johnson. Or, you know what, let's, let's have Brooks Kepner come on the scene this week. Uh, he hasn't really been playing well since he's gone to live, so let's see if he can uh, pick it up. But yeah, that's all we got this week for Par 71. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.